0: That's worship. That's uh, You're doing something not because you need to strive, not because it needs to be successful, not because it needs to be seen, but because you already know that you are being seen by the one and you are striving to see him. And in and through that, that's all that matters.
1: We love knowing and keeping secrets. It makes us feel loved it makes us feel important it makes us feel valued but that is the best kept secret. we are loved by the creator of the universe this season we are coming together with some of the most confident women that you will ever meet to discover the secret to moving beyond insecurity. If it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out, then queen, we've got some work to do. Let's get to it. Hey y'all, it's me Liv, and I hope that you are having a wonderful week. My goodness, y'all, I cannot wait to get into this conversation with you. I... Really batch these interviews ahead of time so that I have enough time to share them with you and, you know, just really honor each and every one of the guests who comes on. And I have to tell y'all, it is some of the hardest work I've ever done. Not because I have to spend so much time doing it, but because I get so excited about who's coming on the podcast (laughs) that I want to tell you about them immediately. But y'all know, I am. Incredibly appreciative for every single woman who spends time with us, and I'm grateful that you feel the same way. If you have yet to write a review, please head over and do that. But today, I just want to say thank you to Age Sand, who wrote, Liv has a gift for capturing people's attention, loves Jesus, and is so genuine. The wide range of topics and guest speakers do not disappoint. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Age San. I'm incredibly grateful for your words and the time that you took out of your day to write that. And I would love to send you a few books. So if you would just help me to find you, (laughs) send me a DM on Instagram, let me know that it's you, then I will make sure that we get a book or two over to you. Today, we are going to talk about quite a bit that I believe is just going to enrich your soul and comfort your heart. But as we prepare to do that, I wanted to read a tiny bit of the 27th division of Psalm with you. This is my absolute favorite psalm of all, and I could read all of it, but I know you want to get into this conversation, so I just want to talk about the first verse as well as the last two. It starts off by saying, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid as we move toward the end of this psalm we read I remain confident of this I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living wait for the Lord be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord Today, we are going to be talking about how to recognize the goodness of God. But one of the reasons that I really feel pulled to this particular psalm and why I felt I should share it with you here is because we have begun to enter into a series of many conversations about spiritual warfare. And My definition of spiritual warfare is the opposition we experience from the enemy that attacks our intimacy and authority with the Lord. And nowhere is that more true than when we find trouble seeing the goodness of God. It's that goodness that we see that draws us to him. It's that goodness that we see that continues to help us develop intimacy. And when that has been taken away from us, we become quite distant and we really become open to new attacks from the enemy. It's one of the reasons I'm grateful that we're getting into this conversation today. And I really appreciate what authors and scholars have done to study each and every one of the verses and the Psalms that David has written and why he wrote them. However, there is some debate here. Modern scholars tend to share that this Psalm was written when David was either mourning the loss of his parents or running from Absalom in exile during his son's rebellion however Jewish scholars actually attribute this psalm to a time in David's life at the end when he was backed up against a wall at his weakest point fighting the Philistines in his old age and Abishai had to come and rescue him Regardless of when it was written, it's clear that he was going through something dark and something heavy. However, it was in that place that he recognized who God is in a new way, just as we will. I don't know what you're going through today. I hope that it's all sunshine and roses, but just in case it's not, I believe that this conversation is going to open up your eyes to the way God's goodness is ever present. And I pray, I pray that you know he is with you and he is for you. Rachel Marie Kong is a New York native Born and raised just outside New York City, she is a founder of The Follow House and author of Let There Be Art, the Pleasure and Purpose of Unleashing the Creativity Within You. A graduate with a degree in English, Rachel's writing has been featured in Christianity Today, Proverbs 31 Ministries, and Encourage. She lives in Wrights in North Carolina with her husband and two children. Help me welcome Rachel Marie Kong, And let's get into this conversation. All right, y'all. I am just so excited to get into this conversation. My goodness,
0: Rachel Marie Kong, how are you? You know, I'm well, and it is a joy to be here and to just chat with you and get to know you and, and just share space. So thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to talk
1: with you about your book and you know, I really appreciated how you shared what happened there at the beginning of time as we know it as humans and what happened in the garden i know that you write to help readers find purpose as they finally begin to believe that the work of their hands has eternal impact
0: and i want to ask you if you would read an excerpt for us absolutely i would love to god's plan wasn't simply to save us from the inevitability of sin His desire all along was that we would live and long to push back the darkness just like him, forever holding our gaze upon his goodness and his great light. The truth about the creation story is that man was not the only one to fall into temptation. Beneath the story of man's fall into sin is that of Satan's an angelic being created by God to shine with light and goodness who instead of pushing back the darkness in his own heart gives way to it. Then darkness begets. Eve, the tempted, becomes the temptress. When faced with the choice of life and light or death and disunion with God, she and Adam stand there, two bodies, bare and unbelieving. They forsake faith, and they bite into the fruit. They fall with the fate of every human heart on their fingers. They didn't just break a set of rules. They broke their hearts open to Satan's unbounded way of being. They broke their hearts wide open to a way of life that pushes back the light and love of God instead of pushing back the dark with God. Brokenness? Wasn't our beginning. We began as breath bound to the heartbeat of God. We were not damned from the beginning. Darkness was. We were not bad and broken from the beginning. We were believed in from the beginning. We began not prone to wander, but prone to worship. Our natural born bent wasn't for sin and sorrow, it was for the sound and the song of God. But there in the garden, we traded the sound and song of God, the whispering of his love for the wrenching lie of Satan. And the broken pieces in us have been straining to hear and know the difference between the two ever since. Mm. The broken pieces
1: within us have been straining. To know the difference, I took a sigh as you were reading just because every time I read or hear you say they didn't just break a set of rules, they broke their hearts open to Satan's unbounded way of being. something within me just breaks and I just come to a new level of humility as I fall even more deeply in love with God and how he loves us back to wholeness. But I want to ask you, you know, how can our sisters recognize the difference between the whispering of God's love and the wrenching lie of Satan?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, You know, I, let me first say it was such a joy, Um, a frightening joy, but a joy nevertheless to write this chapter and really to think as hard as I could. And I don't know, just dare as much as I could to tackle the creation story, which is, you know, we all know it and we've all heard it, you know, but something that I've been sharing recently with, with a few people is I've grown tired of hearing the story of shame that comes attached with it. I mean, we all know about the fall. Like we know, we know the fall, we know the story. We know that moment, right? When God is, just looking for adam and eve and the whole who told you you know like what's it's like we know that moment and so i said to myself like if i'm going to share the story i have to you know not that there's anything new under the sun but i i have to try to come at it with a, a different angle tell it in a different way um emphasize something different and so yeah i think um to just you know say that when i wrote that that adam and eve they didn't just break a set of rules right they they broke their hearts open to satan's unbounded way of being i really wanted to bring it back to the fact that they are human right and that they're not robots and that they don't have it all figured out and that it really is a wrestling and a wondering and, and a trying to figure it out along the way while stumbling. You know, any one of us in that garden, it would have been the same scenario. Come on, please. If it was me, it, it probably have could have been worse. <laughs> You're like, it would have been the same. I'm like, it would have been worse. <laughs> like, I think that, you know, it, I I just wanted to humanize that story again. Mm-hmm. And, and so when we're talking about hearing the love and the whispering of God, and versus you know the wrenching lie of Satan. I think it's really important to remember we are human, with emotions, and questions, and fears, and doubts, and thoughts. Like like we were made to be that way, and so there really is no way that we will ever get it perfect. You know, I always like to say in every moment, in every situation, in every, I actually say this in my book, like in a later chapter, there's always a choice. There's always Mm -hmm. a choice. And so we will always be presented with that wrenching lie. Mm -hmm. The one that, you know again i try to bring a different emphasis right and so instead of just talking about being bad or doing the wrong thing or picking the wrong tree like i i chose to use words and the the angle and the perspective of instead of choosing to push back the darkness you know in that particular moment adam and eve they chose not to push back the darkness of that lie and so perhaps in our lives it looks like you know, when we give into that wrenching lie, we also kind of give into that push of darkness. And perhaps it might be that when we are listening to the love and the whispers of our God and and leading into that and trusting that and, and walking into that, perhaps that does look like pushing back the darkness, pushing back the lies, pushing back the doubts that we have, right? And so obviously, my whole premise with this book is that you know art is is one way of helping us to push back that darkness that when we create it helps us to do just that. Hmm. I
1: just want to ask you if you would just spend the rest of the time reading the book. <laughs> yeah let's let's just read the
0: rest of
1: the book. Let's Talk about it, is there an audiobook?
0: Is there an audiobook? Because... <laughs> there is, and I'm okay. so glad that I got to narrate it. So that is going to yeah. be out really, really soon. But okay. yeah,
1: <laughs> I uh, just began to smile and just really enjoyed as you shared about your time with your grandma because I was very close with my grandma and the times that we spent were some of my favorite memories growing up. But you shared that one day she called you over. And she'd written something and I'm not sure if I can pronounce it right but I believe it was Shamili
0: Shmillie,
1: yeah. yeah. okay. And so you talk about these shmillie notes and you share that, you know, goodness surrounds us to the point that we should be astounded. Mm -hmm. So I just want to ask if you can share a little bit about these shmillie notes and how we can begin to recognize the goodness all around us, especially when we're not producing what we would see or what we would think is the same beauty as our sisters or we're entrenched in sadness or sickness, you know, can you just help us understand how we can look for the goodness
0: all around us? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a tender story memory that I share in chapter two, let there be goodness. And I just have very fond and tender memories of my grandmother doing just that, you know, she would have these sheets of paper, just you know, scraps that she would like cut up herself and she always had them tucked away in her kitchen. And so if any of the grandchildren were staying at her house, that would be where she'd grab the paper that would say, here's dinner. It's all packaged up and stuff, you know, but she was a note writer and, or her grocery notes, she would like write out her grocery notes. I even, I see her handwriting in my head right now. And so, yeah, just, you know, one day she introduces me to this idea of Schmilly notes and she had read it somewhere seen it somewhere. And it's this idea of, you know, Schmilly spelled out the letters. It's see how much I love you. So you actually write out Schmilly and you, the idea is that you write these notes in secret places. And so sometimes it would be on her little scrap sheets and, you know, it'd be on the table with a note that says, you know, dinner in the fridge Heart G Ma, Schmilly, or she, you know, you write it in the dust of a table, right? And so that when whoever, you know, you're doing this with and they're just kind of going about their day and maybe they notice it when the light is shining on the table, you're like, oh, there's my little Schmilly note. And so just, that concept. And, and later, later and years later, we'd end up like texting it back and forth to each other. So it like even got digitized. Right. And yeah. so, but there's this beautiful truth tucked away into that, you know, this idea of like, there, there is goodness in in our lives, even in the moments in the places where you might not be expecting it or, you know, literally looking for it, that these goodies of truth and and wonder and God's grace and his mercy and his love and his presence, that these things can be found and experienced right where you are just tucked into the mundane, you know, and, and that chapter meant so much to me to write. So the, the idea is let there be goodness and the art form or the art that I explore in that chapter is food. And so let there be goodness. And here's a way that you can experience that goodness is through the food that you prepare, that you eat through the, the gatherings that you have with your family and your friends, the ones that you love. And the thought of that was just, I have to make sure that I include something hopefully many things in this book but at least one thing that we all are touched by right because they're you know I just knew like there are going to be people that are like well I'm not a painter I'm not a writer and I'm not creative I don't have a creative bone in me and just like I've heard it all right and so I was like all right cool so let me think of something that touches every one of our lives and something that is filled just innately with beauty and fellowship and goodness right and and i just couldn't help but think like around the table in yeah. gatherings when you're with your people when you are making meals when you are partaking yeah. of meals made by others so yeah it's it's an invitation to see it's an invitation to seek out goodness right mm-hmm. when you and i actually say in the chapter i think i say i think i wrote this i'm pretty sure i wrote this but like I think I said, this is the most important chapter, because if you can't learn how to see the good, you know, cause I talk about a lot of hard and heavy stuff in this book. Like I kind of hit home with a lot of things and, and that's all good. Right. And we're, you know, talking about pushing back the darkness, right. Talking about living in the light, wanting to experience goodness. Right. So I essentially say in this chapter, like if we can't learn to see goodness, then we're going to miss out on everything that God has for us. Everything. Like I can write as many books as I want. I can send as many posts as I want into, you know, the the worldwide web. I can record as many podcast episodes, dance as many dances as I want. But if I don't know how to look for goodness in and through these things and in and through my life, Mm -hmm. I'm going to miss a lot. We are going to miss a lot. And so, yeah, that was kind of my hope for that chapter. And I think it, I think it's hidden home for a lot of people.
1: It is. It is a beautiful reminder. I love that you incorporated the food into this particular chapter because my grandma when I was little would give me my own miniature pan so that when she baked yeast rolls for the entire family, I could bake my own little miniature Mm. um, pan. And so even to this day when I get sad and depressed and the holidays last year were really hard for me, I just bake yeast rolls. And it's almost as if she's there with me. You know, I have I haven't gotten the recipe just right, but I can just feel what it felt like to be surrounded by so much love at that time. Mm. You mentioned that God is both artist and audience. And I want to ask you, how have you learned throughout the years to find your affirmation in him as that audience? conversation will be back in just a moment. But for right now, I want to ask, are you the creative, the queen or the conqueror? Could you be all three I want to invite you to head over to liveduly.com and take the Competent Collaborations Quiz. Together, we are going to walk in our calling more confidently than ever before and engage in kingdom collaborations. This two-minute quiz will help you identify your strengths and even a few areas of growth to help you be everything that God designed you to be. It's at liveduly.com slash quiz, and you can find the link in the description below.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. You know, there's this, that saying or that statistic, maybe it's both, I'm not sure, but this idea that, you know, 90% of an an iceberg is submerged under the waters with only 10% that tip being seen and visible, and I am just so glad that, you know, I'm I'm still pretty young to have a, a first book out, I think, but I'm not as young as I would have been if it happened right away when I first started on this journey, which was exactly 10 years ago. And so I'm I'm really glad for that. I, I really am. I'm really glad that it took as long as it did because those 10 years. In addition to the years that came before that, where I was just in my journal and writing songs tucked away in my bedroom or, you know, in the music and except college or the music group, the piano rooms in high school, that was my audience of one in terms of writing. And I relished in those years. And I, you know, right now, the season that I'm in, writing is the public art that I make. And so I I actually don't do very much like journaling type audience of one kind of writing these days. However, there are other things that I do. Like I'm looking at a sketch right now on my desk that I wanted so badly to take a picture and post it. And I did not because I am enjoying relishing in the fact that I just made this sketch and it's beautiful. And it's speaking to a new process that the Lord is working in me and a new area of my faith where I am exploring, not just the actual, you know, act of sketching, but there's something happening within me. There's a courage that's being cultivated. There's a wonder that, you know, to try something new and to learn, you know, the actual subjects, the things that I'm sketching, like I'm I'm wanting to learn something, opening my heart up to say, okay, God fascinate me with this thing. And so I am so big on saying like, yeah, it's good and it's okay. Or maybe I should reverse that. It's okay. And it's actually so very good when he is the audience of one. And, and sometimes, you know, and it's different in different seasons for different people. Sometimes something that you're doing, whether it's art or work or, you know, the a way that you're serving people, sometimes it stays as an audience of one kind of thing. And that's the story of my singing. It's audience of one right now. It's not going to be audience of many anytime soon, you know? And, and then there are things in our lives where we do get to share it with other people, whether that is just for their enjoyment or or we're actually wanting to that that thing to edify them and to help them and to serve them. And so yeah, I think that there's such a, a formative, it's worship really, when you allow those certain things to remain private and, you know, whether it's for a season or or whether it's for eternity, that's worship. That's mm-hmm. um, you're doing something not because you need to strive not because it needs to be successful, not because it needs to be seen, but because you already know that you are being seen by the one and you are striving to see him and in and through that that's all that matters so yeah there's a little bit more to that whole audience of one God is the artist and the art the artist and the audience but the that main gist is it kind of brings that shift of like, this is worship and this is where I get my worth from at forever. Mm. It starts here, you know, Mm.
1: let's shift how we see the opportunity Mm -hmm. that we have to create. Sis, let's shift it. That's so good. I know that somebody needed to hear that because I definitely needed to hear that. It's a form of worship. You know, Rachel, you said, uh, God fascinate me. And that caught my attention and made my heart flutter. Just when was the last time we prayed that? God fascinate me, you know? In the day-to-day mundane routine that we go through, What would we notice if we were to pray that?
0: And I think with our art too, and just like to break that down, I think with our art is sometimes we just lose track of seasons with the things that we're doing and creating and making. And so sometimes it is easy to lose that like fascination or that you know creating something in in private because there does become this shift where now something that you love and enjoy or maybe have been doing for a while now you are using it and you are sharing more you're writing blog posts you're speaking on stages you're holding small groups in your house you're selling your paintings now right you're building a business and so there's this subtle shift, really a growth of this thing that maybe you've practiced or you've been wanting to step out on for a, a long time, and now it's it's something public, right? And then comes the struggle of like, oh well, but I'm not spending any time alone. But I'm just, it's such a struggle because you you're spending all this time working and 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 I I what I have been learning is like okay, like like I said earlier right now, my writing is my work. My writing is public. My writing is how I'm serving others and and connecting with others. And that is is how I'm like, you know, that is what's being seen. And I've had to, it took a little bit of intention to say, okay, what can I do that's not going to be seen? You know, practicing TikTok videos with my son and just dancing along with other people. I'm not going to sit there and record them and post them, but it's, oh my gosh, it's so much fun to do that. You know, and like the cooking, I love that we talked about cooking because for me, that's actually the chapter from this book that I have to practice, that I'm actively practicing the most is when I start chopping those carrots, when I throw the garlic in the pan, I'm slowing myself down and I'm like, Rach, be present. Like l- watch the food, smell it, mm. chop slower. Why are you chopping so fast? Like, just enjoy this. You don't need to take a picture. You don't need to share this. It doesn't need to become performative. Like just be yeah. present, you know? So it does take a little bit of slowing down. And like you said, like let that shift happen um, and and pray that prayer. Like, God mm. fascinate, where can you fascinate me in my life? Mm. And where can I follow that? And then follow you, you know? Yeah, yeah. So.
1: Yeah, there's so much pressure. So I appreciate that you spoke to that. You know, I'm going to try to share it in the show notes. There is research um, that shares that you actually enjoy your activity more or your people more when you're not recording. And so Mm. I have to really work to remember that, you know, because Mm -hmm. there's always this pressure like, oh, well, you know, somebody might be encouraged or like, oh, well, I've, I've been sharing so I could keep it up, you know, (laughs) but it's Mm -hmm. like, no, this is just for me. This is just for me. And so I appreciate how you've spoken into that and just the opportunity to really intentionally find those things that we can do that are not being seen. Yeah. Ah, my goodness. You know, there are a variety of reasons. I mean, we've already talked about the pressure that may feel paralyzing to some of our sisters here who are creative. It could be that, you know, they've had disappointments or setbacks or even, you know, the opposite of affirmation. They've had, you know, insults hurled at them because of the art that they have produced in the world. And I use that term very loosely. I will tell you some of my favorite artists in this world are beauticians and I'm incredibly grateful for them. But they they might not ever call themselves creatives my question though is you know what would you say to give our sister who is struggling to find the confidence to create again for whatever reason
0: just yes. pick it back up? let's get into this for sure i think i'll kind of piggyback on what i was saying this idea of like you know allowing a shift to happen and just giving yourself the space to like, you know, maybe if something's public over here, like what can you do that's different and that can be unseen. Right. So I'll kind of piggyback on that thought and just say, I think that sometimes we get so like stuck or hung up on that one thing, you know, and it could be that you used to sing when you were younger and now you, like you're still trying to sing or, and even though your body has changed, maybe your voice has changed or capacity has changed, or maybe it is, you know, your story is that you have received discouraging comments or, you know, insults were hurled at you for the way that you sing or, you know, and obviously insert anything. It doesn't have to be singing. It could be dancing. It could be, you know, knitting. It could be doing hair, just like you said. And so my advice is, okay, release your grip on that past Mm -hmm. passion. Okay. It doesn't, Just because you did it when you were younger, it doesn't mean that's the thing that you have to carry with you into the future, into the present, you know? And I know that there are other lies that go along with that right too, like of, but then I'm going to be seen as inconsistent or then I'm going to be, look, feel, look like I'm wishy-washy. Those were the ones I struggled with is like when I found myself wanting to try something new, it was like, oh, oh, but now I'm quitting or I'm giving up or I'm wishy-washy because I can't just pick one. There is no rule for picking just one, you know? And so I just want to speak that grace and that freedom of like, you're allowed to lay something down if it didn't work for whatever reason, or it hurts to pick it back up. You can leave it. You can leave it for a while. Maybe you'll pick it back up in the future, explore and try something new. And then, so now along with this idea of like, try something new, try something maybe that you know, you, you are doing, but maybe you never necessarily saw as, as art, like doing hair, right. Just something that you always, you always did your daughter's hair. You always did your niece's hair, but you never saw it as something creative. You never saw it as you were doing art, but hello, you're, you're making, no, you're not making someone look beautiful, but you're helping them to see what is already beautiful. And so you're an artist, you're doing hair, you know? And so I think that one thing that can help you own that and, and see that and, and step into that is to do things in community, do things with other people, finding maybe new people that will encourage and will speak into you trying something new, you cultivating the courage to step out. And they don't necessarily have to be like, yeah, girl, you should start a business. You know, like it doesn't have to be that over the top, but it could just be like, You told me you were going to check out this video and try dancing to it. Did you do it? Or here's this funny video that I saw on TikTok. I bet you could try these dance moves. Just people that will walk with you that aren't going to shut you down, speak insults and lies to you and say, you know, this is a waste of your time. Don't you have enough on your plate? But just finding those people that are going to be curious and fascinated with you And also that will help you uh, by inviting you into their process. I think that's been one of my biggest joys is me and one of my buddies. I just, we go back and forth all the time and she's starting a business. I'm starting a business. Oh, here's where I failed. Oh, here's where I failed too. Oh my gosh. Did you see this resource? This could be helpful. So um, I think there's something not only beautiful and empowering about doing, you know, art, creativity, life with others. But that's the way that God intended it to be. You know, I just absolutely love in, in Genesis, you know, we know that God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, just the Godhead is present there for that moment where, you know, all of life is being created. And, without even having to go like deeply into that, that says something already, you know? So yeah, I think that those two things, you know, just giving yourself the grace to start something else, Mm -hmm. whether it's new or, you know, maybe you've done it your whole life and it's just a new way of looking at it. Like, Oh my gosh, I, I have been doing hair. Like this is creative. This is art. And then, you know, along with that, just Doing it with community. And it doesn't have to be a whole big, it can be a big community, but it, that also could just be one person, mm. you know? So.
1: I appreciate just how you have encouraged us to take the pressure off, you know, and however that may look or wherever you may find that you have to keep showing up to do the same thing over and over again. I I struggle with that feeling of being wishy-washy as too. I call it faithless. I'm like, I just want to be faithful, mm. God. I just want to be faithful. And He's like, you are. What it, it, I'm in you. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've done so many hard things. You're doing other things. Like, th- this is okay. You can let it go. And so I found the same freedom as I was reading your book I I found that same peace and that joy just returning as I you know contemplated the opportunity to create with our Lord in new ways again and so as you know as we kind of wind it down I want to ask what is just the one thing that you hope your readers take away from this?
0: Well I actually want to I'm gonna take that this opportunity to to speak into something that you just said, because i I do think that this particular thing is a big lie. Mm-hmm. I know it's one that I struggled with and had to wrestle with, but that idea of like, well, then I'm not being faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's a deep one because we all want to be faithful. We all, want to be devoted to this loving God who came and changed our lives upside down and has given us new life and we love him like we there's no needing to convince anyone on that fact we love him we want to serve him and we want to be faithful right and so i do think that that is something that a lot of us struggle with deeply and i just want to i just want to say this is kind of why i spoke as vastly as i could on creativity in this book. Like each chapter goes deeply into a particular, you know, comedy or journaling, photography, movement. So, you know, each chapter goes deeply because I do want people to learn things and and I want people to to hear my story and to hear that I'm not just like, Oh, let's just all paint bubbles. And I'm like, no, like I struggled through this and I want you to know and feel how hard this was. But one of the reasons that I really want it to be so vast is to show it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you are doing hair, if you are cooking, if you are speaking in a small group or you're speaking on a stage, if you're writing poems or you're writing in your journal in a place where nobody is going to see. It doesn't matter if you're a mathematician or you're a thinker and you're the kind of creative that your ideas are all up here and maybe not necessarily, you know, there's anything being created through your hands, but oh my gosh, like your thought process is so creative, so innovative, right? I want people to know that God is always moving and he is always working. And so this idea of pushing back the darkness and loving on people and shining light on, on the good things and seeking out goodness, these are all things that partner with God in his good work in this world and in our lives. And so if you are doing that, no matter how that looks, you are being faithful and, and our God, you know, we, why do we get so hung up and think like, there's just, there's so much of, we lose like this this idea of God's timing and -hmm. this idea of he's moving, even though we can't see it, you know, and I just, I love fall because it's such a reminder of like the seasonality of things, right. That we are not in control and that there's just, there's just almost this eternal clock that the world is on that, you know, if we just pause and pay attention, we'll be reminded that like all these little schedules and routines and things that we make up for ourselves. It's like, it really doesn't matter the grand scheme of like all that's going on in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, I just like to remind people that things in life come in seasons and they go in Mm -hmm. seasons. And so It's okay to let something end. It's okay to let, you know, a passion change. It's okay to try a new thing, to let it birth up within you. And it's okay if you're in a season of abundance and those books are selling or that business is booming to remain because that's your summer like that. There's goodness there and, and you're, you're in a good season. And so, um, I think just reminding people, like, it's okay to let things end. It's okay to start new things you are being faithful, not because of what it is that you're doing, but how it looks and how it's impacting you and the people around you and how it's there for glorifying God and, and how he moves and works in this world. So that is all I have to say. And I know that better speak to somebody today. <laughs> oh, it is definitely speaking and you can keep talking. <laughs>
1: We are here for all of this. I'm looking up everything that Rachel Marie Kong has ever done. I already know. I'm putting all the links below. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Go on, follow her in everything that she's doing. I do want to you know, lighten it up just a little bit here. I wanna ask if you'll invite us into some secrets. You've already shared that you cook a little bit to help you slow down and everything. Are there any other rhythms that you do? to slow down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge bubble bath taker. Like that is my thing. I love, I could sit in a tub for a very long time and I just keep reheating the water. So I just, that is a good spot for me. I enjoy movies are my favorite. I love movies. And so I, yeah, that is like a huge thing for me. I like, Characters and plot, like I get super nerdy about it. I uh, let's see. Yeah, cooking is a huge thing for me, and I'm finding that it's just really grounding for me. And I'm, you know, I actually have a new diagnosis. And so I had really no choice, but to learn how to get better with food. I mean, I've always been good with it, but I really had to get really like really good. Um, and so that's been like really grounding for me. And, and, and it's something that like, I realize I'm on a journey and I'm not perfect at it. And I'm, I'm going to be learning for a very long time, like how to do this, what is good, what is not so good. So that's really humbling and, and sobering. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Awesome. I don't take enough bubble baths. I need to do that more. <laughs> is there anything that has been instrumental in your growth as an artist that you might recommend we read? Is there any book that you're just like, this is a must read, other than Let There Be Art? Because we are definitely running out to buy that. <laughs> <But> is there <laughs> anything else?
0: <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. This is always so hard because I mean, there's so many books, but. Hot dang. You know, I'm going to have to say, oh, gee. It's hard. I know. It is hard. (laughs) I'm trying to, like, think of maybe what this crowd would enjoy. Okay. Yeah. I think so. You really enjoyed how much I, how I read my book. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a book by Alicia Britt Cole. I believe that's how you pronounce her last name. And I'm like, regretting. It. I'm like, okay, probably you should pick someone that you definitely know how to say their name. But I think her name is Alicia Britt, ABC. Yeah. Alicia Britt Cole anonymous. And so she, I read this book years, years ago, like 10 years ago, and also listened to the audiobook. I actually listened to the audiobook first, and then I read the book, but she talks a lot about seasonality. And mm-hmm. so if if that has spoken to anyone today this mm-hmm. idea of like allowing things to come and go that would be a really good resource to read and her her words are beautiful the audiobook is just even listening so if you're in a you know low mm-hmm. capacity right now and you need an audiobook to listen to i highly recommend it it's a it's a beautiful listen so yeah anonymous.
1: Awesome. awesome. I'm putting it below. Last thing is what's bringing a smile to your face these days.
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay. Let's get real nerdy. Okay. So hey. you already know <laughs> movies always make me smile. My kids make me smile, obviously, but I am having a really fun time geeking out it. I, I would, I'm not going to say I would be embarrassed to admit this, but like literally, there is a huge vine on my desk right now and i went out and got it myself from the backyard and i have a branch right now it's right here with persons (laughs) on it and uh, one of the landscape guys helped me get them down but i am having a really fun time searching and learning about flowers Mm -hmm. plants their scientific names like medicinal uses And that's like a little bit of what I've been sketching lately. So totally bringing a smile to my face. It's like a new obsession. There's kind of a reason for it too. There's different Mm -hmm. reasons for it, but yeah. I'm kind of like looking at it right now. And there's like a huge branch in the other room <laughs> just while love out there it. chopping things.
1: <laughs> I love it. You know, I always, my, my grandma also gardened and I was just like, mm. whenever I would see her like, mm. and I had a garden with my kindergartners one year and I had to fix it because it had to be done so we could grow some stuff. And I spent mm-hmm. like three hours out there. I was like, Oh my gosh. This is relaxing. Like, yeah. So that's so cool. That's so yeah. cool. Looking forward to seeing some of those sketches and what you come up with. Yes. <laughs> on yes, your time on all this study. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Where can we get this book? Tell mm-hmm. us all the things and where we can find
0: you and everything else. Absolutely. Let There Be Art is available anywhere books are sold. And also on my website, RachelMarieKong.com, you can learn all about the things I'm doing and what I'm up to. I'm also on Instagram at RachelMarieKong, and that's where I like to hang out most. So definitely can find me there, but definitely get this book. It will speak into your life. So yeah. Would you bring us out? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Father, I thank you so much for this time and this space. I thank you for this podcast, which makes space for conversations about uh, the things that we're stepping out on in confidence. I just ask that you would speak to every listener and that you would touch their hearts, whatever season that they are in, in life and in their creativity, but that you would speak to them directly with encouragement, with hope with reminders of your love, with whispers of your love. I ask that you would silence the shame, that you would silence the fears, that you would silence the lies, and that you would bring goodness to the surface. Help us as we cultivate our creativity. And we thank you. We trust you. And we are honored to be faithful servants and stewards of the gifts that you have given us. So we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen his name amen and amen
1: (sighs) that just blessed my soul and I pray that you can say the same after this conversation if that's the case would you be so kind as to head over to apple Podcasts or audible and leave a rating and review it would truly support this podcast and let the guests know that you value their time I know I do. Now, in between our time here on the podcast, I do want to let you know that I am at CandidLive on Instagram and at LiveDuly on YouTube. It would be an honor to do life with you. I look forward to the next time. Love you.